Well, we are in Isaiah chapter 9, and uh, we are looking at the names of Jesus. And uh, this morning, we are looking at Everlasting Father. And as I was preparing this message uh, last week, I was preparing it on my dad's birthday. My dad's birthday was uh, December 19. And, uh, you know, as we look at Jesus' name, Everlasting Father, he's going to live He's going to last forever, but uh, our earthly fathers uh, don't last forever. My my dad passed away uh, five years ago. He would have been 81 uh, last Friday. And um, there's there's time there's events that occur, and uh, when those events occur, I I miss my dad. Like for instance, when the Giants win the World Series. Uh, they've won the World Series three out of the last five years. He loved the Giants. I think he loved the Yankees more, but he loved the San Francisco Giants, and he would say, man, those bums just always lose. And here he passes away, and, and the Giants win. Uh, I miss my dad on Memorial Day and Veterans Day. I miss my dad. I miss my dad when Trevor was playing football. Uh, my dad loved football, and he loved watching his grandson play play football. And uh, so, you know, and many of you have had fathers like that, good memories of your father. And for some of you, uh, you've had a difficult relationship with your father. And, and when you hear me say that let dads don't always last forever here on earth, you're saying praise the Lord. And when you think of, of Everlasting Father, that name, Everlasting Father, this morning, that may be a difficult name for you, but uh, Jesus truly is our Everlasting Father who cares for you and you can trust him. And so this is the third prophetic name of Jesus in Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verse 6. And, you know, when... When Isaiah prophesies that his name is going to be Everlasting Father, family was really important to the Jews. Should be important. It is important to everyone all around the world. But um, when you think of the word father, uh, a father is there to. Uh, provide for his family, to protect his family, to ensure that his family is going to have an inheritance and a destiny to look forward to. Uh, this, these were responsibilities of the Father. And Jesus, God understands that, and, and Jesus, God understands the importance of what an everlasting father means. Um, he, the father is the anchor of the family. He's the promise. Uh, and, and God's actions of an everlasting father was the, the promise in the center of family life. And, and when the son was given to un, unto us, he came in the most ordinary of ways. As a baby, 
Similar to what happened to uh, Jeff and Tara yesterday. Jeff and Tara had a, a baby boy. Um, Isaiah, Isaac, Isaac Lewis uh, was his name. And uh, they came home yesterday. And uh, mom and baby are doing doing great. But, uh, but this is how, how God came into the world, into a family. And this child was going to be a forever father to his people. Uh, that word, everlasting father, is avi ad. Avi meaning everlasting or forever ad father. Ad meaning father. Or avi, father, ad, everlasting. And this child... Um, this eternal, everlasting Father, we're, go- we're going to have the identical attributes of God the Father. He wasn't going to be God the Father, but he was going to have his attributes. They were all; they're both going to share the divine attributes of God. This is what it says in Hebrews chapter one. If you, it's not in your outline this morning, but Hebrews chapter one, verses one through four says, long ago and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Let's look at this. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. He is the Father, church. He is the Father, brother, sister in Christ, that you can trust forever. This is the Son that was to be given unto us. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Now, up to this point, the only Father that the Jews knew was God the Father. They weren't aware of any other father. God was recognized as their father. In Isaiah chapter 63, verse 16, the Bible says, For you are our father, O Lord, are our father, our redeemer from of old is your name. But now this Christ child, this God in flesh, is going to have all the attributes of God the Father. Again, he isn't God the Father. They're not one and the same. They are two different persons. But they have the same essence. They are one. In fact, John chapter 10, Jesus says in verse 30, I and the Father are one. You know, Muslims would look at that and they would say that, no, you know, uh, Jesus is trying to be God the Father and, and, uh, and, and it ruins the Trinity. There's no such thing as a Trinity because 
Jesus and the Father are one and the same. No, they're two different persons, but of the same essence. Jesus says, I and the Father are one. We have all the same attributes. John 14, 9 says, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. So let's put everlasting Father in the context of our life. What does everlasting Father mean to us? And if we're honest here this morning, sometimes there's things that occur in our life and we ask, why should I trust God? Why should I trust God? Look what is happening in my life. Why should I trust God? So I want us to look at God, Jesus, as our everlasting Father. And how is Jesus like a father to you and I? All right, four things I want to share this morning. Number one is this. Our father, Jesus is like our father in the fact that he gives us life. Our earthly father gave us life. I like to remind my, my boys in particular occasionally that they are the fruit of my loins. You know, I am their father. I help bring them into this world. And, and that's true. Fathers uh, help give us life. But not only did our earthly fathers give us life, but the Bible says that Jesus gave us life. He gave us physical life as well as spiritual life. Look at John chapter 1, verse 3. The Bible says, All things were made through him, through Jesus, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus is like our Father. Jesus has given us life. In Acts chapter 3, verse 15, Peter in his um, preaching says, Jesus is the author of life. Jesus gives us life, but not only has he given us physical life, but he's given us spiritual life. Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, and this is the testimony that God gave us that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. And whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. Acts 4.11. It's not in your handout, but the Bible says there is no salvation. There is salvation in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Life only comes through God's Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is like our Father. And the fact that He's given us life. Jesus is like our earthly Father in the fact that our Father gives advice. 
Um, two weeks ago, we looked at the name of, of Jesus being Wonderful Counselor. And he is our counselor. And there's times in our life when our Father has been our counselor. There were some times where we needed advice. We need to go to him. Why? Well, because he's a little bit more experienced than you. And uh, he's, he's encountered some things that can help us along the way. And we seek his advice. Mark Twain said this uh, growing up. When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got 20, to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. You know, and we can, we can testify the same thing. But there are times in our life where we want the advice of our dad. My dad wasn't always there to give me the advice that I needed because he was working so many jobs. But uh, my grandfather was always there. And uh, I missed, I missed uh, those conversations that I could have with him when he passed away and the advice that, that he gave. But why do we go to our fathers? Well, if you've had a good relationship with your dad, you go to your dad because you can trust him. You know that he cares about you. That he has your best interest in mind. And he wants to give you sound advice. But not only can we go to our earthly father, but we can go to our heavenly father. Our everlasting father. I like what James chapter 1 verses 5 and 6 says. Write it down. I don't think it's in your outline either. But the Bible says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the, sin, by the wind. My friend, our everlasting father wants to give you advice. He wants to give you wisdom. But that wisdom will only come if you ask in faith. You have to ask with the, ask the right person as well. You have to ask God. God promises to give you that wisdom. Are you seeking him? Are you looking for wise counsel? And are you going to God first and foremost? Let me just encourage you. If you don't have a Bible reading plan, January 1 is just right around the corner. And I know that many of us, we've, we've uh, started January 1 with great intentions that we're going to read through the entire Bible and we're going to get through it. We're going to do it this year. And by the time you get to Leviticus, you get discouraged and give up. Let me encourage you not to give up. And uh, maybe maybe, uh, reading through the entire Bible in one year doesn't work for you. In your bulletin this morning, there is a Bible reading plan. There's four different columns. Uh, this last year, 
uh, I encouraged us to um, to pick columns. Uh, if you if you this last year I did the first two columns, and if you go through the first two co- columns faithfully all year long, you will read through half the Old Testament, and you will read through all the New Testament plus the Psalms in the course of a year. Um, I did that, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. There was a supplemental book that uh, I read along alongside that, uh, entitled "The Love of God." There's Volume One and Volume Two by written by D. A. Carson. Um, I encourage you to download that off of uh, onto your Kindle, or you could go to Bread of Life. I'm sure Pat would uh, be more than happy to order it for you. Do you. In fact, Pat, do you have some on shelf at the at the store? Did have? Yeah, we ordered some last year, but uh, encourage you to get a copy of that book. It's an excellent devotional supplement that helps you to understand one of the passages that you've read that day and giving you the big picture of what the Bible is all about. And so this next year, I'm going to be reading the last two columns. That will take me through the rest of the Old Testament and the New Testament and the book of Psalms again. So if you were to do all four columns in a given year, you would read through all of the Old Testament and the New Testament, you would read twice as well as the Psalms twice. That has six columns. Well, boy, that throws me off. I guess you'll just have to figure it out. (laughs) All right, but find a plan. You know, spend time in the Word. Getting to know the God of the Bible. God wants to give you wisdom. God wants to nurture your soul. Beginning with January 1, that uh, I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to uh, spend time in the Word every single day. In your bulletin this morning is a reading plan. And I understand there's six columns, and I explained four of the columns, but I have no idea what the other two columns are. But uh, there's a plan in there that will help you get through God's Word uh, fully um, through uh, Genesis, through Revelation, or through half the Old Testament and all of the New Testament, including the Psalms. But uh, it's important that we get advice from our everlasting father and just read James chapter one verses five and six. God wants to give you wisdom. And if you seek him full of faith, God promises to give you the wisdom that you need. And if you know his character, if you know his heart, you won't doubt you won't be like the shifting sands or, or the waves of the sea because you know the heart of your Father because you spend time with Him each and every day. God wants to give us advice, church. Jesus is your everlasting Father. A third way that Jesus is like our Father is that our Father loves us. Jesus loves us. 
Bible says in John 15, 9, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in his love. You know, when my kids were little, I loved to snuggle with my kids. And they loved to snuggle with me. Um, that was that was just my way. One of the ways is their father that I could just love on them, and they knew that I loved them, and they loved me. Um, now it'd be kind of weird today because they're so big and grown up. But uh, my grandkids are around, and uh, now my grandsons they don't like to snuggle with me, but Ellie likes to snuggle with me, and I really love that. But uh, you know. We remember what it was like as children to snuggle with our father. I mean, it was a place of love. It was a place of security and protection. Jesus, our father, loves us. There's a picture by um, Thomas Blackshear that uh, I think I have on PowerPoint. Sometimes we've, sometimes we feel like that man holding the mallet. You know, we've, we've failed God. We are just so aware of our sin. And it's our sin that nailed Jesus to that cross. And, and we're the one that pounded the nails into his hands and to his feet. And we feel worthless. But Jesus is our everlasting father. And in those times of helplessness and hopelessness, our everlasting father is holding us, sustaining us. That's a beautiful picture of what it's like to be loved by our father. Folks, there are times where we desperately need that. I think of Nancy Autry, who just lost her husband so hard at their retirement home, moving to uh, Montana, this beautiful spot on the lake where they were going to spend their retirement years together. They had their home all set up. And then Bob passes away. And here Nancy is now in this isolated, great big house um, on this huge piece of property where uh, neighbors aren't close. And she has these icy roads that she doesn't know how to drive on now. She was dependent on Bob to get her where she needed to go. And here she is now, all alone. But she said, she told me, she called me uh, while I was preparing this message last Monday. Jesus has been so precious to me in these days. And she asked me, Pastor, please tell the church thank you for all the cards that have been sent to her from this congregation. If you wrote a card, a sympathy card to, to Nancy. The last couple of weeks, she just, once from, from the bottom of her heart, she says, thank you. 
That has meant the world to her because it's been God hugging her in a very difficult time. She has encountered, she is experiencing the love of her everlasting father through the body of Christ. They're involved in a church. She's been involved, her and Bob, in a church there in Montana. And uh, there are families in the church who have made the commitment to pick her up when she needs to go in town. Town is 30 miles away. And, uh, and so for someone to make that commitment, that's a big commitment, but she has, she's relying on the church right now. But, um, but all these people who are encouraging her are coming into her life. You know what? These are the arms of her everlasting father hugging her when she needs it most. And she knows that. And oftentimes we don't understand that when our life is bright, when everything's going well, but when circumstances get dark, God promises to sustain us. Jesus is like our father in the fact that he gives us life. He gives us advice. He loves us. And then number four, our Father protects us. Protects us, Pastor? What about Bob? Bob loved Jesus. And Bob's not around anymore. Bob's died. Did Jesus not protect Bob? He absolutely protected Bob. When Bob took his last breath here on earth, God was there. His everlasting father was there to carry him home. Bob won. Bob didn't lose. Paul says, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Church, don't have the perspective that when we pass away here, that that is the worst thing that could happen to us. No, that can be the very best thing if we know Jesus Christ. Because we don't die. We continue to live. Our everlasting Father continues to protect us. He is our mighty God. Is he protecting you? What was it like growing up with your dad? What happened when you were afraid? When we're afraid, we would run to our father. Now, if mother was more nurturing, maybe you'd run to your mother. But uh, why would we run to our father? Because we knew Our father was going to be there to protect us. I love the little preschoolers in our church. And when they see me, they they run hide behind their parents. I guess I just have that very scary image to them. I know I do. But why do they run? Because they feel safe and secure behind their mom or their dad. Christian. You can run to your father. 
Your Father is there to protect you. John chapter 17, verses 11 and 12 says, I am no longer in the world. This is, this is Jesus praying in the garden before he was to be crucified. And he's praying for us. He says, I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me. That they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Second Thessalonians 3.3 3 says, But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Look at Romans chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 8. Verses 38 and 39. Starting verse 37. In all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Even in death, He's protecting you. He's holding you. He's keeping you. Death can't separate you from your everlasting Father. In fact, it brings us into his very presence. Our everlasting father protects us. John 10, I love this passage. I've read it frequently. 27 through 30 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. And no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of, my, out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Why should you trust God when circumstances don't go your way? Because Jesus is your everlasting Father who gives you life, who gives you wisdom, advice when you seek Him, who loves you, who protects you no matter what circumstance you're encountering. Do you know this? 
Are you trusting him? What are you facing here in the not too distant future? God knows. He knows your circumstances and even though you can't see a month from now, he's got the details all worked out. And if he were just to shine a great big old spotlight on your path and you could just see for miles and miles and miles down the road, there would be no need to trust him. But sometimes this word is just merely a lamp unto our feet. And that's all he wants you to have. To continue to trust him. Let's pray. Take a moment. And climb up into your everlasting father's arms. Let him hold you. 